Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Cody, aka GFS Prodigy, coming to you live with Alan. From the Win Daily team, both of us are basically going to break down UFC 256. It's a hell of a card. You can check out um, Alan's notes in the Discord for Win Daily. You could just go to windaily.com, join the Discord chat, chat with me and him all the time. We're both on there nonstop, always messaging each other, so on and so forth. But we'll have notes in the Discord. We're always popping in there. And basically, you can just hit us up anytime. Like I said, join the Win Daily team. It's an excellent team since I've been here. I loved it so far. I have no complaints. It's been fun. Talking to everybody, so I'm ready to break down this UFC tour. How about you? I'm totally ready. So, uh, as Cody said, we will be both in the Discord. Um, you're going to be able to see my notes. I'm going to have an abbreviated version of uh, each fight and who we think is going to win. As you can see, there's not a bunch of balance left. I've really gone all in on this card. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from a FanDuel perspective. So, I'm ready to go. Hope you guys are too. Same man, same man. So we're basically going to break down the fights, break down uh, fight by fight. Then we're going to go over FanDuel. As y'all can tell, we have the screen pulled up. Then we'll go over DraftKings. We're going to go basically extensive as we can to break this card down because it's a hell of a good card. So starting off, man, we're just going to start off in the very first fight with Chase Hooper and Peter Barrett. Who do you like for this fight, man? Uh, I'm going to be pretty clear on this one. I, I really do like Chase Hooper. Not necessarily from a DFS perspective. You can see it's uh, 21 and you know that's not really impressive that's when he got starched in his last fight but um chase hooper is a rising star in the ufc uh they wanted to devote a lot of time and energy into him but uh unfortunately after that last fight uh a lot of the spotlight's been sucked uh, sucked up by uh people like um kevin hall and sean o'malley and hazma chmaev exactly so this fight's interesting me to see what they're trying to do with barrett because they're trying to i think this is a fight they're trying to keep barrett in the ufc because you've seen from the cuts there's been a ton of cuts. So Chase Hooper, he kind of fell off the wagon last fight. I don't know if I want to pay up for him from a DFS perspective, but we'll get into that later on. But from yeah, this is just a decent fight in my opinion. I mean, we've seen Chase Hooper have his ups and downs. He's inconsistent as a guy. If I had to pick, though, it would be Chase Hooper over Peter Barrett from my personal view. I like Chase Hooper a lot more. I think he's more the polished fighter. I think he's ready to go in this fight compared to Barrett, who is like – he's a wrestler, yes – that's where he's. That's where he'll have his advantages. But at the same time, we've seen Chase Hooper thrive in the moments he's had to shine, other than last fight. So look, I'm giving give me Chase Hooper in this fight from my perspective. I also think Chase Hooper is really young. A lot of aspects of his game are really unpolished. So I think that he will have a long tenure in the UFC and he'll have time to tighten up his game uh, as his fight career progresses. So I think uh, the UFC's you know maybe like feeding him a little bit of baby food in this fight there. They're trying to kind of carry him along a little bit. They're not trying to uh, rush him against anyone who will like break his face. Um, I don't think this fight will be actually particularly competitive. I think the line kind of shows that. And that's why you see 21 versus $8 down here. Like I, I I think that uh, the bookies are kind of on point on that one, but uh, you know, I I think uh, Hooper does have weak striking, so it does make the fight closer if it does stay on the feet. Uh, But Hooper does have a chin, so he can take some punishment if uh, 
he can't get the fight transition to the ground right away. Uh, from Barrett's past fights, it's clear. I don't think he's a has a UFC caliber ground game. I think if uh, Hooper can get it down there, it's uh, game over. Um, yeah. I, I honestly think that <laughs> Barrett doesn't have long left in the UFC. Uh, I remember watching the Contender series when Dana basically said that the only reason why I'm taking you is because you're from Boston. So I think uh, I, I I don't know how much of a leash they're going to give Barrett if he does lose this fight. I think this this might be his ticket out the door, and I think this might be them giving Chase Hooper a, a rather easy fight. Which, which I think we've seen this a lot with this card. We're going to see people basically this is their way out of the UFC. This yeah. is making a break it for them because we've seen, like I said, fighters get cut. And now this is basically a card where I think this is making or break it for a lot of people, especially in Peter Barrett, which, like you said, is a good point. Chase Super can get this to the ground. It's game over easily. His grappling's off the wall to me. And I think he'll, more over time, he'll look even better with the grappling. So, like I said, give me Chase Hooper in this fight easily. Absolutely. You ready to move on to the next fight? Yes, sir. Let's go. All right, so we're looking at uh, Tisha Torres versus Sam Hughes. I really don't think this is going to be that competitive of a fight either. It was just added to the FanDuel slate. I'm pretty sure it's in the DraftKings slate too. Uh, despite the record disparity, Tisha has a long list of uh, UFC fighters, um, and her losses yeah. all came up against like some of the best girls in the division. Four out of five of her losses were strawweight champions, including the one who currently is the strawweight champion in Zhang Weili. Like, she is, uh, she is a GOAT in, as far as the UFC is concerned. Like, I really do like Tisha Torres and listen, no disrespect to Sam Hughes, but this is, this is a, this is a different ball game. The analogy that I'm using is um, I think it's a college player going up against Tyreek Hill. Like, yeah, the, you can get like a, a, a lucky like flash knockout that can happen, but in, in all reality, like this should not be close. And the fact exactly. that you can pick Tisha Torres up cheap is uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's where I'm looking at is Tisha Torres all the way. I mean, we've seen Sam Hughes in the LPL, which she did look decent there, but this is literally not – she's not ready for this at all. She's not ready for this fight against Torres, who Torres, like you said, has fought amazing fighters. Look at the resume. The resume is there. I mean, she's not a pushover in the UFC whatsoever. Given that they gave her Hughes, I think this is – again, this is baby food. Like baby food, like you said, this is literally an easy fight for Torres. The striking is going to be there. She's super fast on her feet compared to Sam Hughes. I, I don't think Hughes is ready for this against Torres whatsoever, plain and simple. This isn't her fight. And I would give me Torres, especially – I think this fight is a good betting market also over uh, one and a half rounds. You can easily get Torres easily on the easy money. I want <laughs> round. So if you want to take a shot, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, I mean, I, I've looked at uh, Tisha's record. I don't think – like I think maybe one of her fights uh, in the last few years has actually uh, – not gone to a decision like she is yeah. the queen of getting decision fights and they're usually decision wins but i mean like if if you're looking at the betting market i'd say this going to the cards is uh there, there's a good chance but also she's not going up against a ufc fighter so if there is going to be a fight where she's going to actually take it away from the judges it's going to be this one uh That's also crazy. like I, I think she's very lucky that she didn't end up going up against angela hill even though she did beat hill like back in the day yeah. We see a different overkill now, and uh, Angela Hill would have like broke her face. Like it wouldn't have been close. And I think yeah. that Tisha got very lucky um, to get matched up against Sam Hughes. Um, and also, uh, Tisha Torres rolls with uh, Amanda Nunes, one of the best fighters, like one of the best female fighters ever in her prime at American Top Team. So I think uh, Tisha Torres, you know, uh, iron sharpening iron. Like she's in a great spot, yeah. and I, I really do like her in this. And yeah. 
And also to point out, Sam Hughes, uh, her first three fights, she was fighting people with O&O records, uh, and they've combined for a total of one fight after fighting Sam Hughes, and it, the that fight was a loss. So I, Sam Hughes, she's just not ready. Even if she does come back to the UFC eventually, like she, uh, it, it'll take it'll take a bit more. Like this is way too way too early for her. Yeah, this is not her fight. Like I said, this is just she's not ready for this competition whatsoever. In my opinion, there's no way. I, I don't think Torres will let this this. I don't think this will even happen. Torres, this is her fight to win. I'm all over Torres easily in this fight. Same. Um, I'm ready. Would you like to go into the next fight? Let's go, man. This is my first uh, pick and fight of the night. Uh, it's Billy Quarantillo versus Gavin Tucker. I'm Canadian, so I, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for Gavin, but uh, I, I'm actually going to be picking uh, Billy in this one. Um, I think uh, Billy has a natural advantage. He has a, a longer reach and he's taller. Um, I think that both of them have had very similar career trajectories in the UFC. It's very negligible. You could argue that um, one of Quarantillo's wins was kind of a a questionable decision. So I would say that they're both kind of two, two and one in the UFC. Um, so I would, if you wanted to go with either of them, they're not a bad decision. Both of them are 15 bucks. And that kind of shows you how close this fight really is. Uh, Quarantio does eat a bit too much damage, but he has a strong ability to uh, utilize the counter punch. Um, I'm assuming that this fight's going to go the distance. And if it does, Quarantio is uh, far and away the best play. I think, um, that the the best chance for Gavin Tucker is if he can get out of the gate hot right away because Quarantillo does not have a, a good starting game. So if you can catch him flat footed and um, get that win right away, I think that's that's Tucker's edge, which makes him a better um, a GPP play. But if you're looking to make more than one lineup, I would definitely suggest having um, shares of both of these fighters. Exactly. This is a super close fight, in my opinion. I like both of these guys a ton in the UFC, so I hate that this matchup is there. To be honest with you. Because both these guys are pretty – I like both these guys a lot. So, basically, I think this is like they're both prospects who are in their prime, and this is their fight to win. They're both going to go out there wanting to win this fight to get basically on the UFC's level. They want to get the, their attention, basically. They want to get Dana Wright's attention. Straightforward. So, in my opinion, like you said, Tucker's going to need to come out hot and need to clip Quarantino in order to win this fight, in my opinion. He needs to get out the gate and all come out and get that first or second round win in order to win this fight. If Tucker can do it. There's your GPP play. There's your GPP pivot. There's your win, basically. And I think the public will be on Quarantino, which that's where I like it. I think over on in the fight, that's where he'll get the win. I mean, I think he, we, we saw, like I said, with Gavin Tucker, we saw him clip Justin James. That was a hell of a punch from Gavin Tucker. So, if that, like I said, that's going to be his game plan in order to win this fight with Quarantino. But I think overall, Quarantino is the way to go. I think his fight... If it goes to the third round, if it goes to the third round, that's his win, and I think he can easily win this fight. So, like I said, this is a super close one. It's a 50-50. It's a pick 'em, but give me Quarantino overall in this fight. Yeah, like from a fan's perspective, I mean, this is an amazing fight, and uh, I know that, like, especially when betting on UFC uh, from a DFS perspective, it's probably my favorite board, sport to bet on with DFS from like a kind of like a fan vantage point because unlike football, I don't have to go like watching six different games and having like six screens. I could just watch one card, one TV. And if people are really interested in, you know, getting into UFC, it's a fast growing sport. Like I think this is a great way to do it. It's a, it's a really good way to invest, uh, get invested in the fights. So I, I, I love uh, UFC personally. And yeah. I think uh, I got, a while back, I got started on the DF, DFS side of it and I haven't looked back. It's, it was an amazing decision in, you know, 
uh, I, I totally recommend it for those that are thinking about it. Most definitely. Especially, like, this fight is going to be a hell of a fight, in my opinion. This could be easily fight of the night for this card. And that, that's saying a lot based on who is on this card, to say the least. So, I like this a lot, but give me Quarantino overall. So, next fight, uh, Mackenzie Dern versus yeah. Virna Jandiroba. Okay. So, the way I see it, uh, Dern is, is just... a uh, superstar when it comes to BJJ. It, it's very hard for anyone to really get on her level. Uh, I, I still remember her last fight. I was re- I remember watching the Gracie breakdown where they explained exactly how she picked apart Randa Marcos, who is a talented g- grappler in, o- her, in her own right, who was defending really well. She didn't, Randa Marcos didn't really do anything wrong. She just came up against somebody who knew too much about what they were doing. And like, it was, it was game over as soon as it hit the ground. Um, but uh, Dern, Dern is just like the most textbook BJJ fighter, uh, I think, in her division. Um, I think the records in the UFC um, are, are very clear. I think uh, Dern has gone against uh, much tougher competition. Uh, Dern is 5-1 and one in the UFC. Yandaroba is 2-1. Uh, and one. I, I will mention Yandaroba's loss came against Carlos Sparza, who's in top form. And uh, Yandaroba also got the fight on short notice. Uh, but Dern's loss came... Uh, against uh, one of the best prospects, one of the best women's prospects in UFC, yeah. Amanda Rivas. Um, and it, that was Dern's first fight after coming back from mat leave. So she took a year and a half off. She had a child. And and that was her only loss to this point. So I'm not going to really hold that against her. But um, I, I really like Dern in this fight. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, this is an excellent fight overall. I mean, it's going to be based on the grappling. Who can get that grappling and basically have the advantage there. This is a fight where we've seen Dern, like you said, come off of a leave, and her dad is an excellent BJJ artist also. We, I mean, her dad has taught her a ton, which is underrated in my opinion. If you look back at her story, her grappling is there, and it's legit. And I think they're underrated by far in this UFC caliber fight. Um, basically, it's going to go down to who can submit one another. This is going to be Jana Roba. If she can easily get her Dern to the mat, it's going to be a fighting a fight of the night, basically, in my opinion, based on the grappling. So depending on who can get that grapple first, depending on who can submit each other first, that's where the fight will go. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one to fight. I mean, to judge based on who I think can win this fight. What about you, man? Yeah, I think uh, this could easily be like a, a grappling bout on um, one of uh, Uncle Chael's uh, programs. But um, yeah, both are very seasoned jujitsu practitioners. But I think uh, Dern has a more refined game. She has way more weapons in her arsenal. We've seen her get wins by arm bar, knee bar, omoplata, rear naked choke. Yeah. Um, these kinds of fights are they're they're really difficult to fit into a, a DFS line. I think you'd really have to shoehorn it. And I think there are better options on this card, um, and there are more reasonable prices. Also. Um, Dern kind of scares me as that bad chalk play. So I, I'm going to recommend we take a step back from this fight and kind of just enjoy it for what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there are better, better fights on this card from a DFS perspective. Exactly. And to me, it's about who it's a superstar versus an experienced fighter. It's the bet versus the star in the making. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm looking at in this fight. And like I said, if you look at prices, prices for Dern are so high to me. That's why I'm off of her from my standpoint, is just the prices are not where I want them to be. But I wouldn't mind taking a shot from Jenna Roba from a betting perspective. If you want to go with the bet, you want to go with the more experienced fighter in the in the grappler, go with Jenna Roba if you want to take a shot. But I, I like Dern, like you said, also. I, it's a close fight, in my opinion, man. I agree. Um, so I think uh, we're ready to go into the next fight. Uh, yeah. And we talked about it earlier, how Dana White is 
probably starting to shed the fat a little bit. Uh, the guy said he wants to make 60 cuts to the UFC yeah. roster. He's getting a lot of people in from the contender series. And uh, I think that uh, there, there are a few fights here that kind of really uh, showcase a fighter that Dana really wants to push out the door. And I, I really do think this is one of them. So it's Cub Swanson versus Daniel Pineda. Yeah. Pineda is coming off a very strong uh, win against, well, I think what looked like a little bit of a compromised Herbert Burns. I remember yeah. the, uh, the commentators were making some wise cracks about him saying he looked fat when he was walking into the cage. And I'm like, this guy could like choke you out in a second. I'm not sure if he's the one you want to be chirping, but either way, um, uh, this wasn't a full form burns. Like uh, I'm confident in saying that uh, the guy missed weight and he was coming off a relatively quick uh, two month turnaround. Um, but, uh, and burns was also building on the hype train. So yeah. uh, Daniel Pineda really put a stop to that. But uh, that being said, Daniel Pineda is a very well-rounded fighter. He's also like a BJJ superstar as well. Uh, he survived having his back taken by Herbert Burns, which really nobody should. Um, and uh, Pineda has paid his dues in the regional scene after leaving the UFC. This is his second stint in the UFC. Um, and uh, he's had stellar performances against top talent. And I think um, he's polished and ready to go for the comeback. Uh, looking at the guy's record, I'd honestly give him like a, a nine fight win streak. Like two of his fights, he was popped for weed. So they got turned into no contest. And one of them was like a, a really bad doctor stoppage. And you saw that the guy who won like celebrating after the fact, like he had knocked the guy out. Like he he was getting mauled that fight. Pineda was going to win that fight. So as far as I'm concerned, Pineda's on a super hot streak and he's going to make a statement against Cub Swanson. I think that's why Dana matched them up together. Yeah, I think this is like we said before. People are trying to get like people are going out of the UFC. This is the fight where Swanson's out of the UFC. He's cut after this fight. I mean, I'm all in on Pineda. He's been a he's been a beast in Bellator. We've seen him in the pro fighting league. We've seen him everywhere. He's a beast in all promotions. I mean, yeah, he got popped, but that didn't really stop him. And I mean, from my opinion, I like Pineda a lot. He's a BGJ machine. His striking's there. I mean, Cub Swanson's just so inconsistent that we don't know what we're gonna get out of him. I'm on the Pineda hype train. Give me Pineda easily. Absolutely. I think Pineda's my my one of my locks of the night. And yeah. uh, when, when we say that Pineda got popped, he got popped for marijuana. He didn't get popped for like anything that enhanced his game. Um, I think that the UFC is actually slow. It might start slowly transitioning away. I know that it's USADA protocol, so it's up. It's ultimately in their hands. But I, I really think it's uh, unnecessary yeah. to a certain point. Um, but I'm not going to take anything away from Cub Swanson. Like he's a legend of the game. He's been in the division for a long time. Um, and he has, he has power in his hands and that can't be underestimated. He can always get, um, you know, a flash knockout that can always happen. Um, and you know, his hands can change the makeup of the fight. But that being said, um, even though Swanson's had a great career, he's lost five of his last six. That's not good at all. The guy hasn't fought in over a year. No. Uh, his last win was against a five and zero, or yeah, five and zero guy in Crone Gracie. And I think uh, I I heard somebody earlier make the point that uh, if his last name wasn't Gracie, he'd be a nobody fighter. Um, Cub will need to make something very, very special happen if he's intent on staying in the UFC. Uh, we just saw Garagori, Matt Wyman, and um, Yoel Romero cut. Honestly. Uh, I, I do think that Cub Swanson is going to be one of the 60 unless you can do something miraculous. And uh, I think that uh, if the fight ends up on the ground, it's going to be a uh, quick, quick night at the office for Pineda. So for that reason, along with the ability to stand bang with Swanson if necessary and his very affordable price, I'm going to be locking him in to almost yeah, all my lineups. There's no way I'm getting to Swanson. This is, there's just no way. Like, and it's time for him to go. This is the fight where Dana White said, all right, it's your time to go. Go out there and fight for your life, and then you're done, basically. So I'm on the pinata. I mean, give me him easily. Absolutely. And I think um, I, I 
don't remember the last time. Oh, I actually I do. So uh, the last time Pineda, uh, the last time his fight went to the judges was in like 2016. And that was the fight that he lost by split decision. And he literally hasn't had one go to the judges since. So if you're looking to make a bet, I would say that um, it's going to be a, a TKO or a sub by um, Pineda. So uh, I would definitely say that it's not going to go to the judges if that's um, a kind of prop bet that you're looking to make. Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a he, shot. He, at he just, neither, neither of these guys have boring fights either. So I think that that's no, going in favor of that bet as well. Yeah, I was literally about to say, if you want to make a specific bet on a submission by Pineda, I would definitely take that bet in a heartbeat. So, I mean, we're basically we're on the same page, man, on this fight easily. Give me Pineda. There's no questions asked. Lock him in your lineup. It's on all formats. Go get I have him. a feeling we're going to be on the same page on the next fight, too. It's it's him. not a close one. Um, it's uh, JDS uh, Sagano against um, yeah. uh, Chiril Gane. Um, Gane. I'd like... This is, this, I like, I, I think, uh, I, I have a lot of respect for JDS, but uh, it doesn't look like the matchmakers did after booking this yeah. fight. Like, this don't is get, a mismatch. Wrong, but, yeah, don't get me wrong, but this is the fight where this is JDS' last fight. It's time for him to go. This is it. This is Dana White telling him that you're done, just like with Cup Swanson. You're done, man. Yeah, you're a legend. Have a good one. And <laughs> that's where my yeah. opinion's at. This is Dana White pushing JDS out the door, plain and simple. The guy's on a three-fight losing streak, and he's his age is becoming more and more of a factor. Um, uh, this is a clear knockout waiting to happen, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we saw with the likes of Anderson Silver and Shogun Rua, like Dana doesn't really want to give the old guard a... Like he wants to give them a swan song before kicking them out the door. He doesn't really want them around um, in the, uh, in the uh, roster anymore. But uh, it didn't really work when he tried to do it to Glover Teixeira. Glover uh, survived it. But... Um, yeah, uh, he, remember, he talked about 60 roster cuts, so I, I really think JDS, it's his time to go. That's where I'm looking at, too. I think this is his time to go. I mean, Gain, I mean, he's just a, he's on a tear, and the hype train's there for him. The striking's there for him. I mean, Gaines goes in the fight wanting to submit them and just basically get a finish. His game is get a finish, get in, get out, get that bonus. You're good. I don't see JDS winning this fight. I don't have any shares of him on all formats. I'm out on him. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, for Cyril Gain, like, the guy, it's so unfortunate. He's had, like, four canceled bouts in 2020, so he hasn't fought in a year. But, like, that, that is uh, not going to matter very much. He's 3-0 in the UFC, 13-0 uh, in all MMA disciplines, including his kickboxing record. And, like, even Dana said, he moves like a middleweight. He's very precise on his punches. Uh, he's already fought some real names and, like, beat the snot out of them, like Tanner Bozer, Rafael P Pizzosa. He submitted Rafael Pizzosa, and everyone thought that uh, Pizzosa was, like, the grappler of the heavyweight division and uh, the submission artist of the heavyweight division. <laughs> and then Gaines submitted him, and I was like, wow, well. Uh, yeah, so Sagano's going to need a, a lucky flash knockout. It's literally his only hope, and I really don't see it happening, unfortunately. No, and we've seen JDS slow down literally every single fight. He's gotten slower and slower <laughs> the past three out of the four fights. And which he lost three in a row. So exactly. he, he's getting a slow on the feet. Gain's going to go in there, tear him up. He's faster, way faster on the feet. He's in his prime. Uh, give me gain on all formats once again. Agreed. Um, I'm ready to go into the next fight. Uh, yeah, this is probably a fight as a fan. Like, I, I really do love this fight. Kevin Holland versus uh, Jacare Souza. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is this is an amazing fight. It's kind of the uh, the new guard versus the old guard. We got like Kevin Holland, who's probably one of the most entertaining fighters and uh, could make an argument for fighter of the year. Uh, Stocks was in like crazy in 2020. He's got four wins in a calendar year. He's looking to make it five against Jacare tomorrow. Yeah, man. So the, this is a fight where 
It's 50-50, in my opinion. We've seen basically Holland. He's on a four or five win streak. We've seen him beat Buckley, which we've seen what Buckley did with the knockout of the year, potentially. I mean, that that was a hell of a fight where we saw him win. So he's won four out of the last four fights. He's on a win streak. And Souza is a striker where I think you can hang with him on the striking. I think you really can. I think if it's going to go to the striking, I think that's where Souza is going to win. If it goes to the grappling, that's where Holland, I think, would stick out. So it's going to be based on who can get this fight on the ground or keep it on the feet. What are your thoughts, man? I mean, it's a 50-50 fight. I agree that it's a very close fight. I I, I do think, though, that um, Kevin Holland's the one that's going to have uh, a better time on the feet, and Jacare is the one that's going to want to bring it to the ground. Um, and also, <clears throat> I've noticed here is that Sousa's fighting on very, very short notice. Like, uh, yeah. Kevin Holland was originally supposed to fight Hermanson, and then <clears throat> Kevin Holland got a positive test for COVID, which is still notable. But uh, Jacare at this point is 41. He's on the back end of his UFC career while Holland's 28. He's on the come up. Uh, so the, I, I really do think there's two storylines for this, for the way this fight can go. Either a Holland KO or Jacare sub. It all depends where the fight can end up. Um, like he, he does have a really strong hype train behind him. Um, and if Holland can really stuff Jacare's takedowns, this will be Holland's night to extend the hype train. But uh, I, Darren Stewart and Brendan Allen both took... Uh, both took Holland down, so that's not really going in his favor. But I'm saying, like, it's yeah, no, uh, Holland's uh stuffed around 50% of the, the takedowns he's uh he's gotten, and uh, Jacare's only knocked about like 25% of the people down with a takedown uh, when he's tried. So, um, but I also did notice that uh, Jacare was a really live dog, all the all the money came in on him, and it pushed him out actually to the favorite. So Right now the line's extremely close and Jocker is actually the favorite. So um the the money the money is on uh, Ronald Souza, but man, I like I, I'm personally on Kevin Holland just by a little bit. Yeah, I think I mean Souza, I think he still does have power though, given he's only given he's forty one, the power's still there in his punches. He's he's still can out he can still outstrike just about anybody in my opinion. Yeah. So that's where it that's where I'm interested in how this fight does play out with the storylines. I mean we can see it go one way or another. We, I mean, we've seen Holland in pretty close fights also. I mean, it's going to be the prime kid versus the old bout. And I'm, I like Holland just a tad bit. I'm also a little bit concerned about Holland's decision making. Um, he's a very flashy fighter. It could lead him to making some uh, very questionable decisions. It's very entertaining as a fan, but uh, from a betting perspective, it's extremely concerning because he leaves himself exposed. And when you're fighting top competition, you can't really do that. The I'd like to think that as he gets older, he's going to like polish off those parts of his game. Um, yeah. But I think that he's going to go into this, this fight with a composed approach. He recognizes that now he's a ranked fighter and he really needs to... Uh, improve his game if he's going to uh reach the top levels of the of the ufc um i'm on holland personally and i think this will be the fight to watch especially it's going to come down to also fighter iq like you were saying can he make those choices where he needs to be the top fighter in the game because we've seen Silva make those choices he all i mean he's a bet we've seen him make those choices so it's all about the fight iq also in this fight agreed so i'm ready to go on to the next fight if you are Yep, let's go. Part. Perfect. So <laughs> this fight is so close. I really didn't want to make a decision on this one, but I kind of had to. So uh, Renato Mocano versus uh, Rafael Fizev. <laughs> and this is 
This this one's a really close fight, and I know that uh, UFC is hyping up Fazeev as like a, a top prospect. Uh, both look very yeah. appealing uh, from a DFS perspective. The value is like completely on Moicano. I'll show you very quickly here. Uh, Fazeev is sixteen bucks, and uh, Moicano's fourteen. Moicano's so much easier to fit into a lineup. So I I, I do think that uh, even though Fazeev is a top prospect with knockout power, uh, Moicano can hold his own. Um, but uh, if that fight even touches the ground, Moicano he's gonna. He's gonna ruin Fizia's night, <laughs> uh, and I think the also the longer the fight goes on, uh, the longer I like Moicano. Moicano's um, also faced uh, really tough competition, but um, his fight pace it's it's concerned me a little, and he takes a little too long to heat up. So I'm thinking that uh, he he does need to uh, make sure that this fight does go the distance if he really wants to maximize his um, potential to win. Yeah, I think that Fizia's power, like the striking will be the where he'll get this win, in my opinion. I like Fizev for this fight. I think that Moicano, like you said, he's had a, a couple of crucial losses that kind of shaped his career, which we've seen that already with him. And now he's going to be put up against basically a young prospect who is on the come up when Fizev. I think if Fizev can clip him, I think that's his win. I think he can outstrike him. I think the power is there for Fizev. If he gets tagged, Moicano's done for the night. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it takes him a minute to build up, which that's where I think is the problem for him. I think this kid in the first round knockout for, for Zazev. Yeah. yeah, Moicano's chin is very, very concerning if you ask me. Yeah. And, but I think if you can get this fight on the ground that it's going to be better uh, for Moicano. Um, so if, if you're taking Fiziev, like honestly, that's not a bad play. Uh, but from a DFS perspective, I think Moicano fits in better. Yeah, most definitely. Awesome. Uh, and also, as far as Fiziev on the ground, I haven't really seen much convincing stuff from him. Yeah. So he, he could be good, but I, I haven't. I've yet to seen him prove to me that he'll be able to deal with a high-level BJJ artist. No, his, his game is mostly on the feet. That's where his game's at. In the striking, in the hands, that's where he's at. So that's why I like, I like that bet. If you want to make a bet for a TKO, I wouldn't mind taking that bet for Fiziev at all. Absolutely. So with this next fight, uh, I, I did watch an interview today where Dana White said the winner of this fight could very well see themselves getting a lightweight title shot. Uh, and this is our co-main, actually. So it's going to be Tony Ferguson versus uh, Charles Oliveira. Um, El Kakui's back after that heartbreaking breaking loss to Justin Gaethje. It robbed the fans of our opportunity to see Tony versus Khabib. For those that don't know, uh, Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight Khabib like three times, yeah. each time getting canceled for different reasons. Um <laughs> So Ferguson was able to show off his granite chin, but he, unfortunately he did lose. Well, he was like out on his feet or something, um, but he had no intention of getting KO to Gaethje. Um, uh, Ferguson also had uh, the short notice change. That's very important to know. And it was a complete change of styles from Khabib to, um, to Gaethje. Uh, Gaethje's a power puncher and Khabib is a, a grappler. He's a, he's a Sambo king. So uh, it was a complete change of plans for um tony and uh he also had the weight cut yeah. from uh the card before so it's it, tony had a lot going against him in that fight which he won't have going against him in this one that's where i'm looking at and we, we need to take in mind we need to watch this fight closely especially where we're going to be chatting about it a lot in the discord where we're going to keep an eye on this fight because Oliveira's coach did test positive for covid so we need to watch for this fight have a close eyes on it to make sure it does still go about i mean it would suck given that tony ferguson would have another canceled fight <laughs> so yeah I, I and it's still like even if wow. it doesn't get canceled having your head coach not be able to be in person with you 
that's not the best feeling in the world either. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. sure that his head coach will have some 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 sort of communication with him, but it it is tough. Like you really do want your to have your coach there, uh, telling yeah. you exactly what's going uh, right or wrong in the moment. Make those adjustment adjustments. Um, and as far as Oliveira is concerned, uh, he's right now in his prime. He's uh, on a seven fight win streak. To be fair, out of six of those seven fights, uh, he was the favorite. Um, and uh, the line wasn't extremely close. Or sorry, it was very close on the um, on the seventh fight where he wasn't the favorite when he did win. But uh, this one, he's he's not really the favorite at all. And uh, Oliveira's never really fought somebody on Tony's level. This is really Tony giving Oliveira the opportunity to fight somebody like Tony, not vice versa. Uh, so even though... Um, this is uh, Oliveira's largest underdog fight in over three years. Uh, the line is still rather close when compared to some other fights on this card, like uh, uh, Cyril Gaon versus JDS. Which the the thing is, though, I love Oliveira's submission game. I think that if he catches Tony, he catches him in a heartbeat. And if he gets him in a grappling game, I think that's his fight to win. I think he can be a live dog. Well, to be honest with you, if we see that this in the first round, Oliveira basically go out there on fire and try to get him to the ground immediately, get him on the ground and grapple him in the first round. I wouldn't mind taking a bet on him as a live dog to grapple, to get him, catch him in a submission. Yeah. So uh, for Tony, in order for him to stay in the conversation for the top lightweight contenders, he's going to need to win this fight. Um, I don't really see him doing uh, that well in the, in the top ranks of the USV if he doesn't. Um, and it, it's rough because um, a, a reporter asked Dana that very question today, if that was going to like drop him off, if he didn't win, and uh, Dana didn't really answer the question. He kind of sidestepped it. He's he's like, oh, we'll see what happens with the fight. So it's a, it's a, it's a, Tony's in a very tough position. Um, and Oliver is a heavy submission threat with superior BJJ skills. That's no question. But in my fight, in my eyes, this fight ends with a Tony KO. Uh, Tony could come in completely cracked after the Gaethje fight as well. So I'm a little concerned that this could be like uh, Ronda yeah. Rousey versus Amanda Nunes. But uh, it's definitely true that the winner of this fight will probably get a lightweight title shot. Yeah, I definitely think so. If this fight stays on the feet, it's Ferguson's fight to win. I think he outstrikes Oliveira any day. But if this fight goes to the ground, it's Oliveira's fight. I mean, he's a legend on the ground, man. That's yep. where I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, the submission game is unbelievable from my eyes. So, I, I honestly think we're spoiled on this card. There's so many great fights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's the like, hell. especially even the heavyweight fight. I don't see these guys like hugging it out in the third round. Like some heavyweight fights end up being like, I, I, I really do think even the, the light, the flyweights, um, like we're, we're really treated in this fight. I, I'm really, really enjoying our, uh, our options here. And, uh, speaking of which, uh, I think, uh, I'm ready to go to the last fight, which is the main event. We still have, uh, we still have Dwight Grant fight. Dwight Grant? Yeah. Who's he fighting? Or did that one get canceled? Uh, Jilling I think Lee. it got canceled. Oh, yeah, that one got canceled. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> there, <laughs> that's the other, since you brought that up, we, we do need to talk about that. So uh, with COVID, there's a high risk that a yeah. lot of fights are going to get canceled. So we, we really need to, to be careful. As you can see, a bunch of them a bunch of them have already been canceled. Spivak canceled because of COVID. Uh, Roberson yeah. canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, the Grant fight canceled because of COVID. Uh, yeah. This fight, the Jillian Roberts fight, was actually canceled because uh, Angela Lee broke her nose. But uh, <laughs> that just shows that like fights can get canceled for a bunch of reasons, not only COVID. So if you're in the Discord, we'll do our best to update you as soon as we hear something. But uh, especially after the last card, there was like three fights that were canceled right three before the card. Three fights thirty minutes, dude. Three yeah. fights in thirty minutes. So they got canceled literally back to back to back to back. Canceled, so automatic zero. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we really do have to be careful. Um, I'm ready for the for the main event. How about you? Yeah, since we don't get to see Dwight Grant in the main event, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Uh, both fighters are on that quick turnaround from UFC 255, which was yep. just a few weeks ago. Uh, yep. The two fights w- ended in the first round. Uh, Figueredo finding the guillotine early on Alex Perez and uh, Moreno winning after that ground and pound after Roy Fowles' shoulder popped out. Um, the line on this fight is not close at all. Uh, I think uh, Figueredo's heavy hands can end Moreno's uh, five-fight unbeaten streak. Um, I think Moreno might have the edge, or sorry, uh, Figueredo might have the edge in like every aspect uh, for DFS attorney purposes. For those who don't know, you really do want to lock in uh, somebody yeah. in the main event just because their output can be so high no matter what when it comes to uh, their striking uh, and the amount of strikes that they can get in in a five-round fight um, because this this fight is different than uh, most other fights that are three rounds. This one's five rounds. Um, yep. You will truly want to get one of these two guys in your lineups. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at cash, uh, or you're looking for the more chalkier play, you definitely want Figueredo. If you want that GPP edge, you're looking at Moreno. Yeah, man, th- this is the fight where it's going to be a hell of a fight. I think Figueredo is going to come out basically blazing on his feet. He's a fast striker that Moreno I don't think is ready for. I don't think that Moreno is ready to see that output of Figueredo. I think Figueredo is the more basically the fighter in his prime. And ready to go, like he's just unreal on the feet, in my opinion. Just the way his mentality is, when he goes into fights, he's ready to kill. He's basically just ready to go out there, get you in that ring, destroy you, and then get out and win his money. That's where I think Figueredo will prove Marino wrong. Is that's where the fight will be? Is also on the feet where Figueredo is going to go out there, like I said, just go try to outstrike him easily. Which I don't think Moreno's he's always Moreno's always an underdog in his fights, which I don't mind taking a shot at him as a live dog if we see him kind of break Figueredo's mentality at first. But other than that, I'm not taking Moreno. Uh, and, maybe my bet. I like Figueredo a ton. I don't think we've seen Figueredo really go deep into fights either. Uh, no. I think that's been a concern of his, but just because we haven't seen him go deep doesn't mean he can't. Um I think that uh the, I think this is Figueredo's fight to win. That's how I'm going to put it. I think that Moreno can win, but uh, Figueredo would have to do something wrong for Moreno to win. This is it's the the ball is definitely in Figueredo's court. That's where I think so. Also, I think so. So uh, I'll just kind of wrap up really quick before we go into these line builds. Um, I, I think this is a solid card all around. It's definitely not my favorite card of all time, but there are a lot of intriguing fights, uh, which appealed to me as both a better and a fan. Uh, I, and I do think we'll see Dana make some cuts soon after this card. I think we're going to see some big names uh, that, that we might see some, pri- some surprises as well uh, that people are going to see their walking papers. But that's just the way this business works at the end of the day. It's a business and uh, Dana can only have a certain amount of people, especially with COVID. Like uh, a, a lot of businesses are feeling the squeeze. So uh, the, this is a, this is the time I think, I think some fighters are going to see the door and I think we're going to see a few fighters from this card, unfortunately, like the ones we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, this is where we'll see JDS. I think it's time for him to go. I think he's yeah. out of here after this fight. JD, JDS, Barrett, uh, and Cup Swanson. I think uh, all those guys are on their way out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you like to start on DraftKings? Yeah, man. Let's go. Awesome. Okay. So uh, we can start fight by fight, or you can tell me which fighters you'd like to to plug in, and we can start there. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now for on my screen so I can see it. Also, and basically we can just go from a build. And we're just going to do the classic mode. We're not going to do the captain. We'll do the classic mode because captain is just a, it's a whole other strategy that you got to do. So from 
top glance, we have Chase Hooper at 9,300. I think Chase Hooper does win this fight, but the output of his of his striking and of the grappling, I don't think it's going to be there. I don't think it can. I don't think the value would hit with a 9,300 type of guy. For Chase Hooper, what that scares me when I can easily pivot pivot down to serial gain, which a gain is going to be a lock in my opinion on this fight card. I like gain a lot. I think, like I said, I think he'd easily beat that 9,200 value price tag. And then if I don't like um, rostering female fighters from my perspective, I don't want to do it. I, I don't like it. I don't think they have a better. I don't think they have a high output to pay off their price tags from the fights that they do. So I'd rather get to Figueroa at nine thousand than Tisha Torres at eighty nine hundred. Similar to Mackenzie Dern, I don't want to pay eighty seven hundred for that. I don't think she can. Easily, I don't think she can beat that price tag. I'm out on her. Um, the Billy Quarantino fight will be interesting to me because you also have Gavin Tucker at seventy seven hundred. So Quarantino is literally. About eight hundred dollars compared to compared to Gavin Tucker, who's at seventy seven hundred. So that fight's going to be the GPP fight of the night. We don't know how this fight is going to go because so it's so 50-50 that Gavin Tucker can crush that seventy seven hundred price tag if he gets that first round knockout and clips him. So if you want to go with quarantine, I want to blame you at the eighty five hundred, but. I wouldn't mind taking a shot in a GPP lineup with Gavin Tucker at 7700 to fit in your lineups. Um, going down to Vizev, I think you can lock him in at 8400 I don't mind him if you want to go with that route. Morikana, I mean, he's at 7800 If he gets to the ground and gets the grappling game out there, he can crush that price tag. There's no way I'm paying for Cup Swanson. There's not. That's not happening. Um, looking at Pineda, I like him a lot at 8,300. That's a value play in my opinion. You can lock and load him at 8,300. So if you want to go that route with Pineda, you have, um, serial gain. You have going down to, where was I at? Let me find him. If you want to take a shot, like I said, Gavin Tucker, you can lock him at 7,700. But a guy also I'm looking at is the Gavin Tucker. And then. That should leave you with, if you have all four of those guys, you still have 7,900 left to go. So that allows you to pay up for the Morikana if you want to go with him. And then you can get Souza if you think Souza wins this fight versus Holland. What are your thoughts been on this kind of DraftKings sort of slate? Um, so I, I get what you're saying when it comes to uh, the um, the output concern for uh, female fighters, but I, I, I do like uh, Tisha Torres personally, because I think the fight is just such a mismatch that it works, especially with their price. Um, I think that made it pretty clear. Uh, it, the way I'm looking at the lineup right now, it goes a little over the salary cap. Uh, I see, I, like, I, I really find it difficult to uh, squeeze Cyril Gain and uh, Davison Figueredo in a line together, even on FanDuel. Um, but it, you, you could make it work if you get the right pieces in. Uh, I, I just think you're, you're leaving yourself too, too open to um, taking a loss. And also an, another thing that I really want to stress about uh, a DFS lineup when it comes to uh, UFC, you really don't want to get two fighters who are going up against each other because unless they have they each have crazy output and um, both go the distance, uh, it's really hard to see uh, both fighters paying off for you. Um, so knowing that, um, I really wouldn't go uh, with like a Fiziev Moicano or a Tucker Quarantillo line in the same line. Uh, but I, I think yep. that uh, the fighters you mentioned are are all very good. Like I think if you drop off Figueredo, then you're left at eight thousand four hundred. You could easily get in, or not Kevin Holland, but uh, you could easily squeeze in some great pieces here. 
Uh, there's uh, okay, not these guys. Uh, you could get um, or is Mackenzie Dern somewhere here? He's right here, eight thousand seven hundred. So it's a little closer. Uh, you definitely have to squeeze a bit when it comes to getting serial gain in your lines. But um, there's 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 a lot of edge on this card. Um, moving on to FanDuel. Uh, so I, I actually love the pricing here a lot. If you look at, um, I think for MVP, you, you really only have two options. It's Davison, Figueredo, and Cyril Gain. So yeah. I'm going to go over like a, a main build and then also go over a contrarian uh, build. So for figure, uh, for Figueredo, let's start with him. This is kind of like what I'm thinking about for a main line. Uh, I, I really do think that uh, Figueredo is a, a great play as well. Uh, you could then add uh, Renato Moicano right here, who's cheap at $14, and then I'm going to have to go with uh, my lock <laughs> lock of the slate, Daniel Pineda. I really do think that he's going to pay off at a $16 price tag. I think it was a little foolish for them to place him there. Um, and then Kevin Holland, even though he is now the underdog in that fight, I, I do think that it's his fight. So you can't go wrong there. Uh, but also you could go for Souza if you think that uh, he has the advantage in the fight. That's not a bad call. Um and then after Holland, uh, you get the Quarantillo Tucker fight. I think this is a real pick 'em. If you if you think Billy Quarantillo is the better fighter, definitely lock him in. If you want to go Gavin Tucker, I really don't blame you. And then uh, you could uh, finish that one with uh, Tisha Torres. I think that would be an amazing um, lineup to go with. It fits right under the cap, so that's going to be my main build. Um, and then for my contrarian build. Um, I think I'm going to start it off with uh, Cyril Gain at captain. Uh, he has a great ability to get a lot of points. Um, I think that uh, this, this fight's going to end rather early, first or second round. I really don't see it going the distance. Um, and then uh, you got uh, uh, Souza. Souza's a great fighter. Uh, I think, uh, especially at 14 bucks, it's definitely well worth it. Uh, but I, I do think it's a, you're taking a risk, um, especially going up against uh, the Trailblazer. Uh and then uh, Pineda, I'm going to lock him in again. He's just such a, a great option in this card. Uh, and then, I, again, I said you have to take somebody from uh, from the main, and if you're making a contrarian uh, from the for the main event, you really should take uh, Brandon Moreno. And then, again, I'm going to go back to the Gavin Tucker, Billy Quarantillo. Uh, let's say Gavin Tucker for this one. And then, uh, you, and then for the last one here, I think I'm going to go with uh, Charles Oliveira. You could easily go Tisha Torres here, too. That's another option. Again, fits right under the cap. Uh, so th those are two builds on FanDuel that I, I, I think uh, have a lot of upside. So I think um, this one is more of a GPP line, and the first one that I showed you, I can bring it back up really quick. That's more of a more of a cash line. So it's all dependent on what you what you want to make um, uh, and what you're looking for. Uh, for first time UFC fighters, I don't recommend going hard in like thirty dollar contests. Uh, start start off slow, get the hang of it. Um, realize uh, how how the intricacies work. Ask us questions. We're going to be in the Discord. Um, honestly, like it's so much fun once you get the hang of it, and it's something I totally recommend to everyone who's uh, into sports betting. Which it's awesome because there's fights where it's so pivotal in the night. Yeah, I mean. A lot of these fights are 50-50s and they're pick -ups. I mean, we've seen upsets. I mean, we saw the Jay Collier fight last week. That was a pivotal fight. If you had Collier, I mean, you were you had a good cash line. And with people who had Villalante, who was the 8,800, if I remember, was he, wasn't he like 8,800? Yeah, Villalante. I remember because I, I really didn't want to go with yeah. uh, Jay Collier and I ended up going with him just because of all the canceled fights. I had to squeeze him in there. Yeah. And... You know, so, he turned out to be one of the best fighters of the night. So I didn't mind. 
And when we saw that, we, we see a ton of people fights, like I was saying, with that fight. A lot of people have Vigilante, and people did not want to play the 264-pound Jay Collier. So people didn't want to play him, but you had to play him. And we saw that line basically pivotal. And so it's a there's a lot of close fights with the McKenzie Jordan fight, with the basically the Kevin Holland fight, with the main event. I mean, there's a lot of fights that are so 50-50 that this is a fun sport to play because your night could easily go off with a bang if you get one of those good upsets fights. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I just wanted to leave you guys with uh, some, I'd say with uh, these three, uh, you definitely have a a good start to any uh, DFS build. Um, uh, I think especially on FanDuel, Start with a with a two dollar double up, a five dollar double up. Uh, if you're if you're like really new to the FanDuel game, you can enter those um, uh, experienced player excluded uh, contests. You can enter the beginner contests. I think that uh, there's a lot of ability uh, for all of us to have a really successful night uh, tomorrow night. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Awesome. Uh, do you have any final comments that you'd like to uh, leave us on? Not really, man. I'm just ready for to watch this card overall, man. Me too. Guys, like really, really just enjoy these fights. Every fight is going to have an impact on how your card is or how your mm-hmm. slate is going to go. Uh, because even if you don't have those fighters, uh, depending on how well they do, it could affect your card at the end of the night, depending on uh, what kind of contest you're in. So guys, just en- enjoy it really. Cause that, that's why we're here, right? There's, there's gotta be a fun aspect to this as well. Heck yeah. Like I said, we'll be in the discord. We'll chat it up there and you can always, Hit us up with the DMs on there, man. Absolutely. See you guys there. See you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.